This is Worship God, a podcast of the Gospel Coalition Canada. Worship God is designed to equip worshipers and worship leaders for Christ-centered worship. Well, welcome back, everyone, to Worship God. My name is Rob Brockman. I'm the associate pastor at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Orillia, Ontario. And today I'm joined by my co-host, Jody Cross, who is the lead pastor at South Shore Bible Church in Barrie. Welcome back to the podcast, Jody. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Rob. And today we're very excited. We're thrilled to welcome back to the podcast, Brian Dirksen. Brian, for decades, has been a worship leader, pastor, songwriter, mentor. And you'll know many of Brian's songs, like Come Now is the Time to Worship, Refiner's Fire, Hope of the Nations, one of my favorite. Um, Brian's been on the podcast before. Brian, welcome back to the podcast, brother. Thanks for having me. Well, today we wanted to talk about um, the subject of suffering and the role that suffering can play in the life of a worship leader and a songwriter. A lot of us come with specific challenges and trials in our lives that we have to endure as we serve in ministry. And maybe it's a health issue, or maybe it's parenting issues for a season, or it's mental health issues. Um, you know, suffering is part of the Christian life. In fact, often, unfortunately, but for our good, God uses suffering for our sanctification. I think of Romans 5, which says, you know, we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces character and endurance produces character and character produces hope and on. Brian, you, you've, we've, we've all been going through a pandemic right now. And uh, I'm curious about your experience during the pandemic. And maybe you can share a bit about what suffering the pandemic has brought along, you know, what, what's that done in your life? What's changed? What's stayed the same? And what's likely to change for you on the other side of the mm. pandemic? Mm. Well, obviously, the pandemic has impacted all of us in both similar and diverse ways. You know, I, of course, I have very distinct memories of the, the first lockdown in March 2020, and I had 45 concerts booked throughout Europe and Canada. Uh, one of them, like a dream, like the dream of dreams. Like I was invited to the Royal Albert Hall in London, England, to perform with a 200-voice choir and a full orchestra uh doing versions of faithful one and several wow. of my songs as part of an event called prom praise like when i got the invitation i was like <laughs> i'm kind of like i'm looking at my wife she's looking at me like what just happened you're like yeah. you know what am i gonna wear like i'm gonna ha am i gonna have to wear like a tux or what like yeah. this is just so posh you know and it's like meanwhile in germany there was a whole choir and orchestra preparing to arrange my christmas album um, into a special Christmas concert at a cathedral just outside of, um, just right, right close to where the song Silent Night was actually written. Wow. So I had some of my dream concert gigs booked for 2020, mm. all gone, mm. right? <laughs> you know, so, I mean, as a musician and as somebody who, who gets part of the way I make a living and support my family through live events, um, 
you can, you know, when we talking, we're talking about the subject of suffering. I mean, it's all relative, right? But it was like, okay, well, this wasn't planned. Okay, how are we going to, you know, how am I going to put bread on the table? How are we, all of those factors just come flooding in. And, um, and yet, what I've found um, in the last couple of years is just gift after gift after surprise of grace coming in the middle of the slowdown, in the middle of everybody including sometimes ourselves, you know, struggling with anxiety, struggling with how is this going to work? <sighs> Slow down, you know, take a deep breath, literally, metaphorically, trust God, hmm. love those around you, um, spend more time um, just enjoying the simple pleasures of life you know we have hummingbirds here and i i i was very diligent you know in putting out my feeder and now the anna's hummingbirds winter actually here and i year round almost every single day i step out the door of my house and i just marvel at these miraculous little birds that that come and feed and visit and I have a little sounds you know that I make when where they they'll hover in front of the window when their feeder is getting empty it's almost like <laughs> and they're looking for me and I'm standing there and I start I start clicking mimicking some of their sounds saying I see you I'm gonna refill that feeder for you, you know? <laughs> I don't know like like so as hard as it's been at, on the other side or as we approach the other there's a as as i see the end in sight and people are starting to i've i've started to book a couple of things and events and travel there's part of me that goes oh no wait a minute <laughs> you know this has been so special mm. our our daughter and her husband moved back in with us because they didn't want to be isolated 30 minutes away being forced into lockdown situations where they couldn't see us. So they yeah. sold their townhouse and moved in with us. Hmm. And we share cooking and we're just, it's like a, my, my dad, their grandpa calls us the happy gang, you know, <laughs> like every time he comes over, he just hears so much laughter and hmm. so much interaction. So whatever happens on the other side, I, I don't want to lose that that mm. that you know the togetherness totally and and all of the gifts that are around us in the natural created world mm. that that can bring us joy and can um just just fill us with with energy to keep on going mm. yeah and you know you've said beautifully there that even the difficult times there are blessings that are inherent and and oftentimes you can see them if you look and you wait and you ask God for them. And I want to ask you, Brian, you have a couple of sons with fragile X syndrome. They're now young adults. Mm. And I think um, <clears throat> they require some significant support. So tell us about your sons and tell us how they have influenced you and shaped you and the music you create and what you do with your life. Mm. You know, my boys, Isaiah and Benjamin. Benjamin is 30, Isaiah is 22. Um, 
you know, I mean, there's this is a long story, which I'll try and make short, but, you know, like, especially after we had our first son and we found out he had fragile X syndrome and would require care for the rest of his life, when we were expecting our last child, our turned out to be our second son, you know, we pleaded, we prayed, we fasted, we had people praying with us that we would have a son that would not be fragile X and to use the language of the Psalms, we prayed for deliverance from fragile X syndrome and we were not delivered. And that was heartbreaking. But over time, their essence, their, their, their essence that they exist, which means they are worthy of love, that they are worthy of care. And even though our sons can't um, contribute to the um, conversation. They can't do most jobs. They can help with certain things. They have some mobility. And, but, you know, that the fact is that their existence and their existence that is worthy of love has so permeated every part of our life. It slowed us down. We can't, you know, we were explaining to somebody recently, you know, here Joyce and I are in our mid-50s and we can never leave our house without permission from somebody else if our son is at home and we want to go somewhere without our son. Like, we have a weekly date night and we go out once a week for a quiet dinner and a walk. Well, we can't do that as mid-50-year-olds without asking for somebody's help. Hmm. and you know in our world's eyes that's kind of like well that's kind of you know too bad well you know i mean i guess you could say it's just it's just it's just normal for us right um but that that their their personalities their affection has permeated every I, i would say every one of my songs you know come now's the time to worship Come, now's the time to give your heart. Come just as you are, right? Like those lyrics are written because I've experienced suffering, challenge in an ongoing way. They weren't written triumphalistically. <laughs> they were written honestly from the middle of my life. That, the, that that's where the, the worship invitation comes, mm. not into a pretending uh, that it's all perfect, so to speak. And yet, mm. in some ways, in its ordinariness, it is perfect. Like, it, it, it is the life I have. I can't imagine any other life. So, you know, I wrote songs like Your Faithfulness, I Don't Know What This Day Will Bring. I wrote that about the birth of our, of our second son with Fragile X. Uh, recently I wrote a song called Everlasting Arms. We don't know when the storm is going to break, but underneath all things are the everlasting arms. I wrote that, you know, out of the ongoing story of what we go through, Hmm. you know, and, 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 and where is our trust? So, so, so grateful for my boys and, um, it, they, they impact every part of our life. Hmm. I think. I think some of our favorite songs are songs that are written out of places of suffering, right? Mm-hmm. Like the famous example is It Is Well, like Horatio yeah. Spafford loses his yeah. little four-year-old, you know, yeah. 
and his entire life is ruined by the Chicago fire. And you know, that song moves us because it's, we can, we can hear the realness uh, mm. behind those, those, those words. Even Jody, I was thinking about our lament song that we wrote last year with Pat that sprung from sufferings inspired by Psalm 13 and 42 in the pandemic, but it's, it's inspired by suffering. And I think as sometimes I wonder is if, if songwriters and pastors of God intentionally, maybe in his goodness and his grace puts us through a trial so that we can put pen to paper and give words for other people in their suffering. You know, I'm thinking about second Corinthians one that talks about, you know, God, when we suffer, we suffer because God intends us to be comforted by him so that we could comfort others with the comfort that we've received. And it's kind of like a pass it along kind of thing. Brian, you, you released an EP, um, Everlasting Arms, you just mentioned it, and it contained five songs of comfort, especially recorded in the context of the pandemic. Maybe talk a, talk a bit about that, that EP and the writing of those songs. Mm. And how did the writing of those songs also impact how you were processing the pandemic? Mm. Well, first of all, I think it was really, really important to, um, when the pandemic hit, is to stay engaged in our primary calling okay so for me you know songwriting singing is is part of that primary calling and it's like oh all of the opportunities to do this in person are gone how can i pivot whatever word you want to use to say i'm still going to engage in the heart of this activity mm -hmm. and shortly into that i had a conversation with a dear friend named cindy rethmeyer who is one of um, the early vineyard worship leaders from california and she was describing a friend of hers who was struggling deeply with ongoing suffering with health issues and stuff and and I can't remember who said it first, but we we, st we we latched onto this phrase in the middle, you know, mm. in the middle of this, you know, of this suffering, of this uninvited suffering, your peace. So we we wrote this song about this experience, and that was that was actually right at the near the beginning of the whole pandemic lockdown, and it was so helpful to do. It was helpful to have something to work on, and it was helpful to try and gather up what we were all experiencing together, and go well. How would I express this in a song? This is hard. In the middle of this, you know, there's a refrain in that song that goes, "I may be feeling crushed and confused," right? Mm -hmm. That's the honesty of what a lot of people are feeling right now, crushed and confused. Mm. But I'm trusting, you know, you know, you're here with me. Like this, this sense of God's peace is, this is the most amazing thing, I think, about faith and about our faith. I, mm. I, I recently was, was chatting with, a, with an inmate who has just come out on parole and I've seen him in, in the in prison institution. I've gone in regularly and done concerts and now I saw him on the other side and he was recounting his, his, his coming to faith. There he was. He, he had committed a crime that he was guilty of. He was in the institution. He knew he deserved to be there. 
And then he had something worse happen in the institution, violence against him, and then falsely accused he was put in solitary confinement. And it was in solitary confinement that one day he see several days into a solitary confinement he's utterly broken he wants to kill himself there is no other solution Mm -hmm. and he sees in his solitary cell a bible a gideon's bible Mm -hmm. and he goes over and he picks it up and he, he he falls to somewhere in the gospel he reads something he falls to his knees and says god if you're real i need you in this cell and this peace hmm. comes to him when nobody else, every human around him is cruel. He knows he's there because he's guilty. And in that moment, God's peace. And this is the thing. Like, so, you know, that was kind of like, <laughs> so we did in the middle, your peace. What else did we do in the EP? Oh, when you shepherd me, this is the 23rd Psalm, which I had written year the setting of the 23rd Psalm years ago. And I thought, I'm going to re, you know, bring that out. I did a new version of Everlasting Arms, which was for my Grateful album. Mm-hmm. I did, oh, oh, and Cindy, who co-wrote In the Middle, we did, an, uh, we updated ever so gently based on Psalm 19. You know, the, the, the beautiful imagery of, of how the created world whispers the glory of God, the invitation of God, and then... Oh, what did I end with? Oh, yeah, it's your faithfulness, yeah. which, you know, I don't know what this day will bring, right? So the, it was just a real joy in the midst of the sadness of, of the pandemic to sing those songs and to, to trust that in the middle of it, God's peace was with us. Mm. Yeah. Boy, that's a theme that everybody's needed, that sense of hope going on, God's in control. And uh, thank you for that. Uh, Brian, you said uh, you and your wife, uh, I guess her name is Joyce, is that right? Yep. You've been married for how long? 37 years. 37 years. Congratulations. <laughs> you started young, man. Oh, man, I did. We were we were both 19 when we got married, so it was a d- different world back then, I guess. It I was in the 90s. Did you, uh, is she musical? No. And so how does she walk this music journey, this family journey with you and... and uh, how does she inspire you to create? Oh, my goodness. Where do I start? Uh, <laughs> you know, she is um, earthy. She's intuitive. She's good at all the things that I'm not good at. But she loves, loves me and loves my calling. And so we walk together. We, we, we talk about everything together. We, we, not only do we have a weekly date night, but we have mini dates almost every day. You know, I, I have a, one of my afternoon rituals over the last 10 years is making chai from scratch. Mm. And I grind the spices and I, it takes me an hour. And then when it's done, I bring my wife a cup of hot chai and we sit down and we process the day. And I and we ask each other about anything. How was your day? What what's going on? What are you working on? You know, and and so if it's a song I'm working on, she knows about what I'm working on. She's not writing the song with me, but our lives are writing the songs together. If you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. we we and and as parents of special needs 
children who are now adults. I mean, the divorce rate among special needs parents is, is, is terrible. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like way higher than the general, it's like 80%. And so, you know, what we've tried to do when we talk about suffering is that we have both experienced suffering individually and together, but what we've tried to do is to say that this is meant to refine us and bring us together mm. so that we're in even better partnership and a better team, you know? And um, I, 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 I've turned down many, many music opportunities, tours, record deals, things that I was at, was invited into that I said, I cannot accept this because of the cost it would mm. be on my marriage, on my children. And so in the end, here I am. I, I'm still living in the same home that I was raised in. We've been, Joyce and I have been here for 20 some years, but I've been here in this house for over 50. And, um, uh, the roots go deep, hmm. relational roots, uh, roots in in place where where I where I am, um, roots in faith, roots in um, tenderness towards each other, and I'm just beyond grateful. Hmm. So uh, I'm actually working on a, a, a few love songs right now. Hmm. Um, to try and because I think our world is filled with love songs that are about the start of relationships about you know baby baby and infatuation and all of that and I think we need more songs about old love mature love long love mm. um, and and of course God love like that that, that there's a source of love and mm. so we'll see I don't even know what I'm going to do with them, but right now I'm 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 really enjoying the process of of writing those and and honestly, if it does, it it keeps getting better. Hmm. I don't know if you uh, caught what you said, but I wrote something down because maybe the title of your next love song, and maybe it already is. Maybe that's why it came out of your mouth. But if it's not, it's a contender. You said, "Our lives are writing the songs together." Hmm. That sounds like the name of a beautiful song to I, me. I've never said that before, so <laughs> it, it just came out of my mouth. Hey, thanks. I, I'll, You're welcome. I'll have to. So that's, 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 a, that's worth that's a lyric. little scratch pad. Our lives are writing the songs together. That sounds beautiful to me. It does. Come oh, on. Man, anyway, I there you it. go. That's tomorrow's oh, job. Yeah. Okay, um, um, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian, we, we, we talked a bit about writing songs and suffering. I'm wondering if we could pivot for a second and just talk about leading worship and suffering mm. you know i think a big criticism of a lot of what we see out there today in modern kind of contemporary worship is kind of happy clappy and dis disconnected from life's realities and pains that's a criticism at least i don't yeah. necessarily say that's true of everything but yeah. people will look at a lot of our worship and it's all you know it's all talking about the same thing it's upbeat and it's not gritty it's not real mm. um how do we lead worship in a way that takes into account the suffering and the pains that people are enduring. What are some mm. tips that maybe you have that, that have helped you or that you have for, le for leading people in worship in the midst of real life, you know, stuff? Mm -hmm. 
Well, that's a that's a great question and, and an observation I think that many of us are making, you know, as we go through these 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 recent years. I mean, there's there's been a recent study done where you're also seeing the 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 way songs are are coming in and out of the church is accelerating. And so there's a whole bent towards what we need. It's almost like this excitement entertainment mentality right so you're describing what we need is songs that are upbeat and exciting and and energizing and everything and yet the the reality is is real life isn't like that it's Mm. much more ordinary and it's much more um earthy right Mm -hmm. so and the thing is the songs we sing repeatedly form us or deform us right like they they either form our character in a good way or they deform us they 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 distort our character hmm. and if the songs are if our worship repertoire is, let's say is all about um power and greatness it can prime us for what i would call a characterless christianity like uh, hmm. uh because we think okay it's like magic, right? Like all we have to do is show up, sing this l- song about how great God is, sing it loud together and s- almost like snap our fingers yeah. and all of our suffering and our issues will kind of evaporate. Yeah, it's like you're blocking it. Out. Just don't think about yeah. how great God is and just don't think about what you're going through. <laughs> right. Well, so so then you go, okay, then what about the songbook in the heart of the Bible, right? The <laughs> Psalms. And you go... Well, there was no blinkers or blinders being yeah. put on the worshipers then. It was like, um, you know, how long? Well, you guys have talked about yeah. it. How long, oh Lord, will Psalm you 13. forget me forever? Like, you know, Psalm 13. Uh, is it Psalm 42 that says, you know, yeah. why are you so downcast? Yeah. You know, and then it says this amazing phrase, for I will yet praise, mm-hmm. right? Not now. Okay. My interpretation of that is like to, to try and launch into a loud praise song in the middle of my traumatic suffering would be to do violence to my soul. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to get there because of the character of God. Yeah. Right? But first, I have to express my struggle, my sadness, my grief. I have mm-hmm. to go through, you know, psychological the five stages of grief i have to go through all of those things in order to arrive at joy Mm. and praise on the other hand so so my my plea to kind of pastors and worship leaders is how you know ask yourself how emotionally healthy is your repertoire Mm. right is is emotional health is is all of the emotions including the difficult ones represented in your repertoire like they are represented in the book of psalms the song prayer book in the heart of the bible Mm. and let's let's bit by bit let's start including more of those honest expressions more diversity diversity in tempo diversity in key diversity in style diversity in content Mm. You know, um, because that leads to health. 
And it also leads to people showing up at our congregations and going, oh, I'm not the only one struggling, right? With mental health issues or whatever. I'm not alone. Mm. And the great lie is this lie of shame, Mm. right? Whatever it is a person's going through, oh, it's just you. So you... Just hide yourself away, you know, because you're, yeah. you're defective. There's something wrong with you. No. Well, there's something, quote unquote, wrong with the human race. <laughs> you know, what you, we have different language for it, sin, you know, brokenness. But, but, but we are loved. Yeah. And we are welcome to come with our pain. I mean, if the Psalms didn't say it so clearly... I, I, I honestly, I think a lot of churches, their repertoire is basically sinning against the suffering hmm. because it's, it's the, you know, it's the, it's the upbeat praise songs on repeat yeah. and the suffering, um, enter those congregations longing mm-hmm. for resonance, longing for connection, longing to be seen and heard and loved and leave feeling more beaten up. Yeah. I once heard, I think it was John Piper said, every Sunday before me are people who are coming in like they've just come out of a funeral. And there's those before us who have just come out of a wedding Mm. and probably the gamut in between. So uh, I think we need to think about that. Yeah, Brian, in the midst of your own suffering, life happens in lots of different ways for all of us. Maybe as we just wrap up this, uh, today, what are some practices in your life that you have mm. employed, used personally to help yeah. you to keep holding on, to keep hopeful, mm-hmm. to keep going mm. when you've been through lots of times your England journey and I'm sure lots of times uh, you know, after that as well. But just tell us about some things that will encourage us uh, to keep going and to stay fresh and, and to stay mm. encouraged. Well, let me start by saying something, uh, a, a, pra- a practice that I find has been incredibly helpful and incredibly simple. Um, it's the practice of breath prayer. And as I've gone through different things and I feel anxiety rising in my heart, I've, I've learned that if i slow if i if i just take some time and pay attention to my breath and infuse my breath with god with awareness of god and love you know for example i i remember i've done this a number of times but i'm i'm say i'm i'm this is pre-pandemic now i'm 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 flying somewhere to do an event and there's a delay at the airport and there's a huge security line and I'm anxious because if I miss this flight, there's all of these terrible domino implications. Mm-hmm. And in my past life, I would just be fretting the whole time, you know, mm-hmm. and I'd be on my phone trying to fix it. Okay, I got to book another flight. And, and, and in recent years, I just felt like, you know, God saying to me, slow down, Brian, breathe and trust me. And so I would, I'd stand there for an hour as this line slowly moves security and I do my practice, my breath prayer. I, my phone stays in my pocket and I would just, and with each breath I would say the word Abba, you know, like, just quietly, just there, just saying the word Abba. I almost start crying just right now, just, it's it's so it doesn't matter 
where you are or what you're going through, you can reconnect with the source Hmm. of love Hmm. and you can experience peace. So that would be one of the practices that has really anchored me. Um, Walking, you know, just every day, two or three times a day. Sometimes I call them prayer walks. Sometimes I just call them you know, stretch my legs, walks, nature walks, whatever. I make sure I I don't get um, to, uh, I don't know, I'm thinking of like, like we all are in our little spaces and they can yeah. become like silos, you know, with, with walls around us. So I need to get out into the openness and see and hear and breathe. Mm. And I can't tell you how many times I'm just walking, I'm just emptying whatever, and all of a sudden this, the, the, the thought, you know, an inspired thought comes, a lyric mm. idea or a scripture or something, and, I'm, and my spirit is lifted. Mm. And then it's another practice for me um, has been just that the relationships in my life are the most important thing. So everything from, you know, the... The, the weekly date and the mini dates with my wife that you could say, well, that's not really a spiritual practice. And I would say, yes, it is. <laughs> it is about oneness. Yeah. And then the way I stay grounded and anchored in a local faith community that I don't um, keep, you know, I, I, I stay connected. I stay known. I stay vulnerable. You know, we talk about words like accountability and primarily what that is, is just being in, in relationship enough that when somebody senses something's going off, they can come and say, are you doing okay? What's going on in this? You know, because they know you enough. So mm. those would just be some things mm. that come to mind. And, mm. and, and maybe lastly, I'll say, man, I tell you, singing, singing. I... I, you know, whether we're talking about through the pandemic or through the last whatever, there's almost nothing that keeps somebody healthy as much as just singing your heart, Mm. singing Mm. while I walk, singing. I sing silly songs with my kids sometimes. I laugh. I, and all of those things are about being centered in love Mm -hmm. and, you know, staying staying in that place of peace. Mm-hmm. You know, so so much of what calms our anxiety is just reminding ourselves, like you're saying, Brian, about the truth of who God is. Yeah, just saying, yeah. you're my Abba, you're my Father, you're with me. That, that preaching to ourselves centers us. And brother, your songs for decades have done that. They've reminded us about who God is. And so, Brian, thank you so much for being on Mm. the podcast. Thank you for your faithful ministry and just all that you've done to serve the church over the years. Um, Do you have like a new project that you'd want to send people to go check out, something that you've released recently? Well, the last full album I released is Hymns for Life, where Mm -hmm. I took many of the enduring songs of faith of, of, of the last several centuries and I put my kind of unique spin on them. I wrote a couple of original refrains that just kind of naturally came while I kept on singing those hymns. And I get a chance to sing with my dad, which is so special on the project. He's 85, singing strong. 
um, his tenor. In fact, tonight, uh, the day I'm I'm talking with you guys about this, my dad and I are going into one of the local seniors' old folks' homes, and we are going to be singing for an hour together for all the residents oh, wow. there. I so these these hymns mean a lot to my dad's generation and they mean a lot to me and it was an incredible gift to mm. sing them together so yeah you just go to briandirksen.com there's info about that project and and all that i all the little shenanigans that i keep getting up to <laughs> little creative ideas yeah that's great well make sure listeners you go check that out brian again thank you so much for joining us on the podcast again and listeners make sure to check out our facebook page our instagram youtube we got clips there and uh, just search worship god podcast there so thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time worship god is a production of the gospel coalition canada for more christ exalting resources go to ca.thegospelcoalition.org